clarity, connection, authenticity. I'm Alexa Ray, former mental health clinician turned life coach. I quit my full-time career because I was sick of working in a healthcare system where people were not getting the help they needed to actually shift and there were so many gaps present. I am shaking up the mental health game to help women reconnect to their authentic selves and rewrite their story from who they think they should be to who they want to be. In Authentically You, we'll be talking about all things that limit us from connecting to our authentic self. Trauma, self-worth, self-esteem, relationships, communication, addiction, self-compassion, body image, disordered eating, anxiety, challenging beliefs, all of these things. Bottom line is, I want this to help you feel seen, to help you feel safe, heard, and validated. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Authentically You. I'm honestly shocked that I'm like in my 20-something episode now at this point. It's so incredible for me to look back on this experience of starting a podcast and deciding like, why the heck not start a podcast, share your thoughts online, you know, leave a legacy for your kids to go like, oh, that's my mama, you know, whatever my reason was. Those are sort of my reasons. Um, And my biggest reason was to help more people reach more people. And that is what I am by me. So I'm just like looking back and going like, Oh, that's so cool that I'm at this point. And I'm not, it's not even a massive point, but for me, it's a big deal. Like 25 episodes. That's a big deal for me. And I'm really, um, a bit nervous about talking about this topic today. Cause I'm going to be speaking about personal experience. And I'm sure anyone listening can know that whenever you put yourself out there, you know, there's vulnerability and along with vulnerability becomes, comes bravery and the two are hand in hand. And so I'm being brave. I'm being vulnerable. And, and I'm excited about the topic as well. Cause I really think that this is going to hit home with a lot of people. And so we're going to be talking about, you know, having an abandonment moon and not really just having an abandonment moon. This is not really what this discussion is going to be going to be about, but it's basically going to be learning how to self-soothe. So my experience of self-soothing my own abandonment wound, as well as living with an, uh, an anxious attachment style and what that looks like in a relationship. Cause I think it's really important. And, um, you know, I had a huge abandonment wound from my childhood. I won't get into the details. Um, but essentially I had, I started off as I was adopted. And so there was that wound and then there was trauma and all those things that led to more abandonment wounds in my life. And it really impacted my relationships. And for a long time, I did not recognize how deeply it impacted my relationships or how it really led to a lot of conflict and inability to take care of my own needs. And so I want to talk about, you know, abandonment wound, attachments, attachment styles, like avoidance, anxious attachment, and my own relationships with my partner and husband now, um, Jamie. And yeah, so I'm excited. I think this is going to be a vulnerable talk for me, but also I think it's going to be beneficial for a lot of people, like I said. So I really want to start off by saying that if you're living with an abandonment wound um, and you want to know more about that, number one, reach out to me um, on my social or, or send me an email or whatever, because it's really, I see a lot of women showing up in, in my world of healing with an abandonment wound. And it's so unfortunately common. But the thing I want to say is that everything feels way more intense with an abandonment wound, you know, and an example of that would be, we might find ourselves being the anxious one. And I put this in quotations because it can be sort of miscued, but we find ourselves being the anxious one in the relationships that we're in 
or maybe we're attracting partners that attention that we see as avoidant. Maybe they are emotionally unavailable. Maybe they just seem avoidant to us because they take space during conflict with us. And, and with that space, like I'm saying, everything's more intense than abandonment wound with that space, it feels like you're being abandoned again. And so you can then start to label that person as having an avoidant attachment style. And so really the big thing I want to talk about today is learning to self-soothe when we feel activated, when we feel that wound being triggered and, and, and sort of brought back up to the surface, I want us to, um, understand that learning to self-soothe when that happens can help us come back to our bodies, help us connect and feel safe when we're feeling overwhelmed with the emotions that come with that abandonment showing up. And it can really help us shift any sort of anxious avoidant, which AKA would be like a push pull pattern that you probably are seeing in your relationships. If you're doing, if you're living with an abandonment wound, you have this innate push pull pattern happening and that may be going on in an intimate relationship as well as it might um, overcome any sort of addictions or numbing techniques as well that we might resort to when we're feeling over, um, over overwhelming emotions or intense emotions. So it's cool when you learn to self-soothe that you can actually learn to take care of yourself in a different way. And so, you know, numbing techniques, let's stop and talk about those for a second. This can look a lot of different ways and it can get confusing because sometimes it's like, Hey, that's self-care, but is it self-care or am I using it to numb away from my emotions? So things like, you know, substance use, uh, alcohol use, having lots of sex, binge eating, you know, binging on Netflix, shopping addictions. These are a lot of the ways that I see women, uh, numbing out, distracting themselves from hard emotions, like really trying to just avoid the whole situation. And I'm not saying that any of these are bad, right? I'm just saying that we can overdo them as a means of escape. And that is really a barrier to having true healing. If you really want to connect to your most authentic self. And when we have an abandonment wound, we, we might perceive minor, minor, minor upsets, things that seem really tiny to other people as catastrophize as this massive threat and this huge struggle to maintain our calmness, our center when we're in conflict. And even if there's not a real threat, right? Our brain and our subconscious is going back to what it knows. And if it knows an abandonment, then that's, what's going to pop up for you. Right. And these are the moments they can feel so freaking terrifying and they can trigger so deep, any sort of loss, any sort of, uh, uh, oh my gosh, how can I not think of this word right now? <laughs> Abandonment. And, you know, this is why we have to be careful. This is why we have to do this work because we might feel that we need someone to save us from our big emotions, which is again, why we may turn to substance or alcohol or shopping or whatever it is. Right. But we always are usually thinking that we need something external from ourselves to help us be saved from these emotions. We might feel like, you know, the walls are, the walls are caving in on us. We might overreact. We might make demands of our partner or someone. 
um, out of a place of fear, out of a place of that we might be rejected, we might be abandoned again. And this is obviously an issue, right? This will impact your relationships. And we might panic if, if your partner is someone who needs space when you're having conflict and it can lead to you thinking, oh, my relationship is over because they don't want to be with me anymore. And this is a big thing that happened in my life pre-healing work, right? Is I always thought that if I'm in conflict and my partner wants to have space from me, they obviously don't love me. They obviously don't want to be with me. And in that moment is when I'm looking, I'm sorry, I'm feeling this overwhelming urge to fix the problem. Like, if, if I fix the problem right now, then they won't leave me. Right. But when you think about someone who truly needs space to process what's happening or space from big emotions from other people, that is not what they need. And, and really what happens is our partner will then become bitter and angry and resentful because they're not ready. And, and I think that makes sense. I'm, I hope it makes sense. Um, but I, I, I kind of want to stop here and just say that if you're listening to this and you're like, this is me, I am the person who is feeling like they're going to break up with me or they're going to leave me forever. If we get into a conflict and they want to, you know, take space. If this is you, my friend, you're not unstable. You're not broken. You're not any of those things. What you are and not what you are, sorry, what you have is an abandonment wound. You have this inner child, this little person inside of you that needs taken care of. And, and so that's what I kind of want to talk about. Right. And, and so when I think about my relationships pre-healing, I had a lot of this, I had a lot of like, this person's mad at me. I need to fix it. Um, you know, when I was a little kid, I even remember as a little kid, um, I mean, I feel like the relationships as my friendships were a bit dysfunctional. Like they were a bit mean to me in my really, I think I'm thinking about elementary school, but I even remember in elementary school seeing conflict with my friends and seeing the solution being, Hey, I'm going to buy them a gift because that will fix the problem. And then they won't leave me. So you can see like, that's a odd situation. It's not, it's weird. It's a bit like manipulative, you know? And so when I think I reflect back that far, I think, yeah, like that is me being fear of being abandoned. And, and in my adult relationships, you know, not the same thing, but like some of those same vibes before I did my healing, a lot of like me trying to prove that I was worthy, prove that I was needed and that I had to fix the problem. And then they would stay. And I'll talk more about, you know, my, my partnership now and where we are at this point after I've done healing work and things like that. Um, but I really want to talk about their, our inner child, right? So your inner child, um, is this little person inside of you. It's this, the vulnerable, the childlike version of you, right? Vulnerable doesn't really have higher level thinking because they're, you know, that's just not how the brain was developed at that point. They're very innocent. and they have feelings that don't really make sense sometimes, and they don't always know how to express them. Like think about if you have any child in your life, that's young, think about when they have big emotions and how sometimes they don't know what to do with those, right? That's that little person inside of you that I'm talking about. And so as an adult, it's really our job, whatever happened to you as a child, abandonment, trauma, whatever, not your fault. 
but you are now an adult and it's now your responsibility to take care of the little girl of you, not even little girl, so a little person inside of you, right. To take care of that inner child and to learn to have their back, to learn to self-soothe in moments where you have heightened emotion, where you feel stressed out, where you feel terrified. And, and that is what your responsibility is an adult and anxious and avoidant patterns in a relationship usually kind of look like this. One person is really overexerting themselves in the relationship. They're always moving toward the person. They're always applying pressure on that person, making demands. And then there's the other person in the relationship. Again, if this is a two-person relationship, um, there's the other person who is underachieving or not underachieving, sorry, underextending themselves in the relationship, right? They're always moving away. They're shutting down. They have um, lack of communication in the relationship. And so if you're the anxious one in the equation, then you're going to be um, person, you know, always moving toward that's the anxious person. Okay. And the avoidant person is the one that's always shutting down and, and not communicating. And so if you're the anxious one, you might think that it's the avoidant person who is the problem. You're probably thinking that this person is the problem, but I want you to sort of reconsider this and think about it in a, from a different perspective. Okay. If they're avoidant, if they are shutting down, moving away, not having a lot of communication with you, think about this. What if we see it as a gift to ourselves as a person that comes from an anxious attachment, right? What if we see it as an actual invite for us to calm down, center ourselves, slow down, be in the present moment with us, ourselves in the midst of these incredibly intense, big emotions that we're feeling. And what I mean by a gift is that it gives us an opportunity to learn, to take care of ourselves, to learn, to soothe that little girl and the little person inside of you, instead of always having to reach for something externally and having to grasp for something that's outside of ourselves, whether that's another human being, whether that's, you know, substance use or any sort of addiction, right? That is what I'm talking about. So imagine the person is giving you space that you can use that space. Now, this is, doesn't come easily. Like I work with my clients on this for months, right? To figure this stuff out. But what I'm saying is that it can be a gift. So just think about it, okay? Think about it. Um, and I wanna say that as long as you're really always focused on the other person, what they need to do for you to be okay, then this pattern, this subconscious, unconscious pattern that you're living with, isn't going to change, right? Because you can't focus on what another person needs to do for you to feel okay. It's not their responsibility to caretake your emotions. It is your job to take care of your emotions. And then again, it's also, if we talk about like codependency, check out my podcast on codependency, if you know what I'm talking about, but you know, even codependency, it's not your responsibility to take care of their emotions either. So when we think about that, you know, Patterns like this really break when we look at the situation from a whole new perspective and we shift not only our behavior, but also our inner dialogue toward ourself around the issue itself. And as long as we really believe that the pattern is outside of ourselves, that we don't have any piece to the puzzle, then the pattern is going to find its way to continually pop up over and over and over again even if you have a secure partner and 
you then will start to see like, this is what, you know, everyone has a part to something. And this is what I noticed with my partner, Jamie, is that he's a very secure partner. He's an incredible partner. And even with him in the beginning, I had these fears of being abandoned. And it really was eye-opening when I started to do inner work on how I started to see, like, I have a part to the situation that's going on. And it's our responsibility as the anxious person in this sort of relationship dynamic or whatever you want to call it is to learn to take care of ourselves. It's to learn to create and hold space for ourselves and to take pressure off of our partner because no person completes you. Like I said, no person is responsible for your emotions. And the reality really is that even if your avoidant partner did show up for you in this moment, the exact way that you've visualized it in your head, you might feel better for one moment, right? But your wound inside of you is still going to be alive. And and that's the thing. If we don't look inward and don't see what our influence is on the situation, then the wound will continue to open up. And self-soothing is about learning how to calm down our nervous system learn how to be there for ourselves, even when we are terrified. And really what this means is that you are reparenting your little person inside of you. We're nurturing that little girl or the little person inside of you. And, you know, the, the one who's like, I need attention. I need to feel like I'm heard, understood. I need to feel loved and I need to feel safe. And that is your job as an adult to take care of that little person inside of you. I keep saying that over and over and over, but I'm trying to hit the point home. We can really find people that take this space up for us temporarily. But at the end of the day, my friends, there is nothing more impactful. There's nothing more healing, more completing. That's a word to yourself than learning how we can hold space for ourselves. Okay. And I want to sort of, again, (laughs) just nervous, but talking about my own relationships. So, you know, when, when my partner, Jamie and I first got together, you know, again, like I said, I still had a wound that I hadn't really worked through. And we, when we would enter into these power struggle, we had this like power struggle phase where he comes from, you know, not feeling heard and seen as a kid, I same thing. And so when we got into conflict with each other. We really started to realize like when we're, when we started to become an authentic relationship and a partnership, um, and really becoming conscious to who we were in our, in our relationship, we began to realize that we were just playing out old patterns. We were playing out old ways that our subconscious and our ego wanted us to stay in. And I would be the anxious person he would be the avoidant person, right? I would lean in. I'd be like, we got to talk about this right now. Don't, you know, we can't leave. And he would like, I need some space. And he would go down and away and he'd want to be away from me sometimes for a long time. And I want to say, if you're an anxious person, anxious type of attachment, not just anxious person, but anxious type of attachment, I could, you could imagine how hours would feel like days when there's any sort of discomfort or disharmony or conflict in a relationship. It feels like a freaking long time. And so in that part of our relationship, you know, I always looked at him as the issue. Like, why is he avoiding 
the relationship, right? He's clearly, it's a way of us being able to, um, sorry, his avoidance was clearly this way of us being able to relate consciously. And for the, for this pattern to, to change for us, for this pattern of us not being in these power struggles and trying to prove our worth to each other from an uh, inner child, like basically in that situation, my inner child's wanting to feel heard and seen. His is also wanting to feel heard and seen. And so we are both trying to put our points forward without actually hearing the other point. Um, and so for this pattern to shift, he had to be the one that leaned in, right? And my issue was that the fact that he couldn't lean in, he couldn't have that opportunity if I was always you know, philosophically attacking him. If I was always the one putting pressure on him to, to fix the conflict in, in that moment, if that makes sense. And I'm like thinking back, I like, Oh, I'm sorry. You know, because it's like, now that I know all these things, I know it's like, Ooh, that must've been tense for him. And both of us, obviously now, you know, I've done healing, he's done healing and we engage in authentic relationship work. And what I mean by that is we become conscious to each other. We we've learned to heal ourselves. We're working on healing ourselves. We're working on healing our relationship and understanding each other on a very deep level. And so when we do this sort of work and we've done healing work together, basically for most of our partnership, because we truly believe that I want to understand you on a deep level so that I can be the person that I need to be as well as the person that you need in this relationship. And so we would sit down and have open dialogues about our conflict styles, about ways that we could work consciously together in our relationship to break this pattern, because we both knew that our ego wants us to stay in that, that old pattern. And if that were to happen, we will never get out of this cycle. And that's not what we wanted. You know, we loved each other and we saw so much potential in our relationship and so we would share um, what each of us represented to the other person during a conflict. We would um, soften. Oh, I just like I say the word. I just think about it. it makes me emotional. Like the amount of like softening we have had with each other because of this work we've done together and the work I've done on myself. And, and it's just so powerful to see someone from a different, a completely different light. And I would explain that when he would shut down, when he would take space from me during an argument, I would feel like I was an abandoned child again. And he would then share to me that he felt overwhelmed by big emotions because he grew up in a home with a very critical, um, you know, not like a critical, but like conflict-based parents. And so he always found that that sort of took up a lot of energy and, and understanding these perspectives of each other really helped us both understand that our behavior and, and how our behavior shows up in a relationship. And it also really helped us have more compassion for not only ourselves, but for each other. Right. And, and I was able to see that his avoidance was not this means of trying to push me away or get away from me. It was from a place of fear, from a place of overwhelm of stress. And I was able to be in my heart with him more and stop taking his behaviors personally. 
if that makes sense. And again, this is not something that happens overnight, my friends. It takes a lot of conscious work, but it is so incredibly powerful when you get to this point. And, you know, he learned more about me, obviously, is what we do. He learned that he was able to see that my scared sense of little girl inside of me was just truly seeking safety and love and acceptance for who I was. And we always remind ourselves and do activities on connecting and and really, you know, being able to understand who we are as a person, how, why we're showing up the way we are, because that's what creates a healthy, lasting relationship. Um, you know, he would let me know that while he was taking up space, he was never thinking of leaving the relationship. And now that we're very secure in a relationship, like I never have thoughts like this anymore, but in the beginning, that's what I had thoughts. And so he would tell him, reassure me, like, I'm not thinking about leaving the relationship. I'm always going to come back to you just because we have an argument doesn't mean I'm going anywhere. And I would also say the same thing to her, to him, because sometimes he all, he definitely came from a venomous wound. And so I had to also say that to him and, you know, Jamie revealing this to me showed me that he was more or less secure in a relationship and that him taking space with self-care and, you know, I have anxiety. I live with anxiety and I would always turn this whole thing in my mind into this massive ordeal. And of course it would become a big deal because I was thinking it was a big deal. We always make this narrative up for what we don't know. And we lived in this space for a while. And then truly, you know, one day conflict came about as any relationship has conflict he started to shut down and I decided I'm going to consciously make an effort. And it was tough. It was difficult, but I consciously made an effort to try something different. I said, do you have space for us to have a conversation right now? And in, I remember this, remember this, I remember this to a T so he was like, no, I don't have space. I can't do that right now. I need some time. And so I said to him, okay, I'm going to go take space. I'm going to go regulate my emotions and let me know when you're ready to have this conversation, to have this, um, open dialogue. And so I went into another room. I curled up into a fetal position. I cried. I, I let myself feel the, the fear of abandonment, the pain that I was feeling all up inside of me. I let myself sit, as I always say, sit in the bathtub with this big, intense freaking emotion And I spoke to my little girl. I, I let her know that, you know, you're safe. I put my hand on my heart and I just said like, you're safe, you're loved. And I just kept repeating that to her. And I also gave acknowledgement and grieved the fact that I didn't have the emotional support I needed as a child. And that I also had my own back that I am an adult now and I'm, that I'm going to do something different. I'm going to take care of you. And in these moments, when I started to take care of my own emotional needs, I created space for Jamie in times of conflict. And that's when the big shifts I started to notice is rather than, you know, moving away from me, he was moving toward me and I felt calmer because I no longer needed something from him. I didn't need him to fix my emotions so that he felt more open because he was no longer on the hook for being different or to show up on my terms. He could show up as his authentic self. And so this is the place when the pattern began to really shift for us. It took us about probably, I'd say like a year to get to a place where we could move through conflict and conflict in just a few minutes, most of the time. Um, and we don't really, we don't really spend time fighting. Um, but the pattern didn't shift because I 
saw made him see that he was the issue or because he decided to save me, jump in and be my knight in shining armor and save the day. It's not why it happened. The pattern really changed because we both learned to develop compassion for ourselves and compassion for each other. When we're in these times, we really took the time to, to understand on a deeper level, what self-awareness was to let go of this position of what we thought we had to be. And slowly we really developed into this true authentic relationship where we drop our projections. And I mean, we're not perfect. It's still a work in progress, but it's just so incredible to see, like, we just had this conversation the other day, actually. It's like, man, our communication is just on point lately. And I feel more connected to you. And literally our conflicts are far and few between. And if they are, it's not very long. Um, And I really stopped playing this poor me, you're abandoning me, you know, sort of, I didn't attach myself to that message anymore. I didn't feel like, you know, he had to come and save me. And he also never indulged with like, I don't need to feel you're too much for me. You know, we got away from those messages. And as I grew with my capacity to self-soothe, which I'm all about, Jamie also grew with his ability to see me and to understand what I needed and to hold space for me. Um, and so now our conflicts, honestly, sometimes end in full out laughter after a second or two, because we truly see each other's authentic self and, and we can help each other become healers for each other, which is so powerful. And like I'm saying, we're always a work in progress, but our conflicts are much less and they last much less time. And I just feel so much more connected to him as a person because of the work that we are doing together. And because I recognize my part and he recognizes his part. And so we have this deep understanding, this deep connection and who we really are at an authentic core. Um, and, and at the end of the day, this helps me feel more authentic. Like it gives me more space to be my true self, which is what I'm striving for more and more each day. And so I'm grateful for him. I'm grateful for the work. And um, if you ever are interested in, in really diving into this. I do have an authentic relationship healing program that I'd be willing to chat with you about. Just send me a message. Um, I just want to say that, you know, if you're in a relationship and you're just like, we are disconnected and we're not really, it's not going well. And I feel like, you know, I'm afraid that this person is going to leave me. I want you to know that it's possible to heal that it's possible to shift that pattern. And, uh, I'm here. I've got you. And at the end of the day, I hope this was helpful. Peace out, everyone. Hello, lovely human. And thank you so much for listening to this episode of Authentically You. It truly, it means a lot to have you here listening. And I hope you really took something away from this episode. If you are ever looking for more, check me out on Instagram. I am posting inspirational stuff there all the time. And if you ever want to dig deeper, please reach out to me as well. And let's have a chat about you doing some deeper one-on-one healing. Because let me tell you, that is when the true magic happens.